0: Through an investment bank that we have created, you know, we have the opportunity to work with some of these different leagues to help them grow in various ways. We are seeing that through different sports, and I think you yeah, make a great uh, observation with cricket and what they've been able to do. I would argue the same with rugby and how rugby's changed their game over the course of the last ten, twelve years, and right. brought that to the to the states and. We're seeing that in a number of other sports as well. This goes back to the technology piece of what's happening next in the space for us to really create bite-sized data, to understand this through technology, to have these elevated experiences where we can see things up close and really understand who the athletes are, get under the helmet, if you will. And, and obviously from a content side and really where the media dollars are moving, it allows for all this opportunity. In, in the case of the new sports that are coming of age, all types of different sports that people see as what was formerly aspirational in a way that we're seeing sports now that more people can be adaptive to and understand and get closer and and have those experiences alongside their athletes and be part of that it's fun being in the middle of it and really understand how we can connect the dots how does that make us feel closer to those sports whether we are participating in them or ultimately we're just along for the ride
1: Welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast, where I speak with the influencers, entrepreneurs, disruptors, and influencers who are shaping the future of golf. My name is Colin Weston, your host. Welcome to season 14. Hard to believe, 14 seasons. Gosh, that's uh, about 170 episodes now and counting, six years in. And the stories just keep getting better and better and more engaging as we go. And today we'll be. No exception to that. And I have the pleasure of introducing all of you to Preston Phillips, who is an entrepreneur, investor, and advisor. I had the opportunity to meet Preston gosh a couple of months ago through Hype Sports Innovation, Sport Tech Accelerator that I work with, that he's an advisor and a mentor at, and he was speaking at. And I heard him reached out to him and said, Hey, Preston, please come on the show, which he did. And he's so busy though, we've been back and forth, gosh, four or five times, you know, but we're tenacious, we're resilient, and we've made this happened today, and what I find intriguing—I really want to dig into this—is he? Gosh, Preston does lots of things, but he is a venture partner with Cerro Capital out of Dallas, Texas, where they invest in technology-enabled companies, adapting the culture of traditional sports into globally scalable businesses. So I'm intrigued about this and how that all fits into the world of golf, not just with sport. So with that introduction, Preston, welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast.
0: Colin, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Excited for the conversation.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, hey, I always love to start with this question. I've done it before. No exception today. Just for some context around golf, I don't know if you golf at all, never played, if you're a scratch handicapper, maybe you were a pro in another life. I don't know. So, hey, start with that. What's your connection to golf? What was the first time you ever picked up a golf club and who invited you <laughs> to uh, have that experience?
0: golf is my favorite four-letter word call and it's something that i look at as you know one of my favorite activities it's something that's become a passion of mine throughout uh, my life growing up and now able to use that every day hopefully every day my wife doesn't think so every day but nearly every day in my professional work environment at the same time i was uh, fortunate and lucky enough to have a dad that played golf still plays golf that played growing up himself he played in college, and, and therefore introduced me and my my two brothers. So we had a, a natural foursome growing up, and it was one of those things that we were lucky enough to to have in our lives, where we would be able to get out on you know the Sunday afternoon golf round that would come every now and then. And so you know having those moments and being able to spend that time together was always something that we cherished within our family, and something that I um, still try to push into my kids' lives today as they're getting to those ages where it, it makes sense to get out there. Where we can play more than. A couple of holes together. So I've enjoyed it from those days and, and like I said, play as much as I can. I'm a scratch golfer now. I tried to play a little bit in college, have tied to the game through friends that are still out there on tour and have uh, been able to use this in my life in a number of ways. So love the game and, and love the opportunity to be around it.
1: Nice, nice. So when we finally get together you realize you gotta give me fourteen strokes if we play those. But it'll be competitive. <laughs> it'll be fun. But you gotta give me fourteen man. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> there you go. Where we met with Hype Sports Innovation, so obviously you're deeply connected in the sport, tech, sport, entertainment space. So why don't we start with what you do and why you do it? Give us an overview of uh, what you're doing, not only with Cerro Capital, but also with White Rock and uh, the other things that you're up to in the sport, tech, sport experience space.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, just kind of going backwards a number of years, I was actually fortunate enough to get into the sports world two decades ago, roughly, and, and and be part of the ever-changing landscape of, of sports. And as of recording today, obviously, you know, quite a bit happening across the golf world, but I actually co-founded and started a sports marketing agency years ago where we really started, you know, segmenting into sports and the idea that, you know, we want to work with the different leagues, the teams, the properties to really connect those dots to brands and how we actually create some experiences in and around this. Well. That was also at the time when sports technology was was coming of age and it was something that we wanted to go out and understand a little bit more to the degree that you know we can actually connect our devices into sports and create experiences in sports that people had never seen before. That ultimately how does that then waterfall into you know athletes and performance in and around sports as well. So really I've had the opportunity over the course of the career to see some of these moments that have actually shaped and changed sports as we see it today and are continuing to push those boundaries going forward. Luckily enough, was part of a company that I helped co-found that came out of Israel a number of years ago, where we actually looked at technology, how we can see that through the experience side and through the lens of sports. And we were able to create virtual camera angles by putting 30, 40, 50 cameras in, in arenas and in stadiums and giving you the ability to see it from an athlete's perspective. So if I wanted to see what Tom Brady sees in the pocket when he's throwing a football. We have the ability to show you that or navigate to the ball itself that was flying through the air. So we've created these experiences and overlaid those into all different sports. We had the opportunity to, to work with NBC and golf and put those products on air where we can actually showcase you know, what it looks like to be on a tee box, whether you're in VR or you're on your computer at home, able to see that up close and personal. And we're able to transform the way that we have those experiences. So we took these technologies and implemented those and, and ultimately grew those into into new opportunities for fans to understand and see it. And fast forward a little bit from innovation and, and entrepreneurship, I was able to transform that and, and move to the other side of the fence where we're actually raising money and, and raising opportunities to then go and invest in what is next for types of technologies and innovations around sport. And really where this just started is a small pet project by, I would argue, a couple of different team owners that they want to change the way that people get faster into lines, into stadiums, now has become something that's that's novel and unique that we're seeing as far as Apple releasing a $4,000 device that allows you to get unique camera angles and perspectives at home on the couch while you're watching the games. And so having been a part of this whole evolution of technology has been pretty special. And so just to finish that, now what we're doing is you know, we launched a fund over the course of this past year called Sarah Capital. Sarah is the idea that we look to invest into the IP relationships, the media relationships as they start to drive in and around sports and technology. And we've been able to find unique investments in that space where we see growth opportunities allowing for us to be part of what's next in sports. And we're doing that across several different investments that we've already made and looking at others, obviously, down the road.
1: Interesting stuff. You threw a lot on the wall there, but I'm going to bring this right back to something that's extremely topical. At the time you and I are recording this conversation, just yesterday, the whole PGA, Public Investment Fund, DP World Tour and Live Bomb dropped. So I'm just going to put it out there now that you've had all of 24 hours to wrap your brain around this, so... Where do you think there could be some opportunities with what you do or just opportunities in general for golf, especially on the entertainment and event side was something that Jay Monahan was talking about yesterday. It's not just about tour events, but even beyond that and off course experiences and growing the game that way with technology. So, yeah, I know big question I threw out there, but what are your knee jerk or initial uh, thoughts and reactions to what went down yesterday and the opportunities there?
0: Yeah, first of all, I mean, what a powerful combination of brands and, and backgrounds and philosophies kind of all meshing together here immediately, especially after the discord over the last couple of months and year of what's led to this moment. And politics aside, obviously governments aside, things like that. I think for sports, I think you're looking at an opportunity that can be something very powerful. And I don't want to you know, jump over that first part, and obviously that's pretty delicate, but at the end of the day, I think what we're seeing in you know, sports in general, right, is is the amount of money that's being put in at this time, and, and really, if you go back and you look at you know how some of these leagues have have evolved over the last number of years. The NBA with their expansion into Europe, into China, now into Africa, the same way that the NFL is now really leveraging Germany as an opportunity and a growth market for them and the European market. We've seen this in other sports. We've also seen in other sports, you know, those two leagues specifically, the fact that the AFL was really the, the predecessor to the, to the NFL and the mm-hmm. ABA. NBA. And so you've always had these competitions of leagues that have therefore been working beside each other in parallel paths that have since formed. And obviously this has happened much faster than anyone would have ever thought. And, you know, so fast that the players didn't even understand what was happening. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden we're just kind of learning as things come out on, on social media, which of course is just another indicator of where we are now in the times. And you know, how things are, are really coming full circle. But I think there's a really great opportunity here to showcase golf on this global scale. Right. And, and this is a, this is the example that I've really come to and formed over the course of the last 24 hours is because of Netflix, and I'm not blaming this on Netflix, but because of what they've done with F1 and the ability to really take a sport that was dying and was, was effectively put on the back burner before Liberty Media came in and bought F1 a number of years ago, yeah. really kind of put it back on the map. I think golf has that ability now through the funding of the PIF and through the interaction of this global scale DP World Tour and the PGA Tour to, to really become something that's, that's put on this mantle of global performance and identity. That'll be a lot different than where it sits today because it has been fractionalized. You've had the European tour for ages. You've had the PGA tour, of course, and the mini tours in the States. And, and now you have the, the reach to really take this to a new level. And so I do see a, a way here for this to become this global scale where the PGA tour continues to operate in the US and the DP in Europe to some degree. But then you have this global games of different events that are more live based in style that really attract an audience on that level. I think that's going to be interesting. We also look at the opportunity to invest alongside into teams and into the properties and to the experiences around those teams and what those owners are building. And we can get into that as far as it relates to real estate and opportunities. The rumor's out that some of these teams are going to be up for sale, right? And so you look at how these different performers, if you will, or golfers that have custom created their teams of four or maybe more if they have bench players, are going to have the opportunity now to, to really franchise those models and have ownership values behind them. I think that's going to be a really powerful driver of kind of where this thing goes next. So it's going to be interesting to see it, And we're standing by and kind of reading along, trying to dip in where we can to, to get a little bit deeper of the understanding.
1: Right, right. And I agree with you completely on that team aspect. That's something I've talked about for the last year or so with Liv. As far as where the real value is in the long term, is in the franchise model using the NBA, Major League Baseball, well, professional sports premiership model. Because over time, once you, uh, become part of that tribe and you cheer for that team and endure the heartbreaking losses and the uh, euphoric wins and everything in between and have some stories and some history and that takes years to develop and having that Saudi PIF in place there gives them that opportunity and now even even more so now that they've more than doubled down with uh, the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour The example I was always giving was what's gone on with cricket and how they've condensed the version and with the Indian Premier League over 10, 12, 14 years now, the value of the 10 or so franchises, each one of them is worth almost a billion dollars each. So I think Greg Norman's used that model of cricket being Australian and used that as part of the template for the value that they're creating here. So I agree with you completely. I think the franchise model, those will only accrue in value over time as an asset.
0: That's right. That's right, and it offers a tremendous opportunity again on a a global stage that uh, that allows investment opportunities in behind that, and and, and you're offering me a short plug here on on White Rock and what we're doing as well. So through an investment bank that we've created, you know White Rock M&A advisory consultancy firm that allows us to have world-class people and world-class uh, locations around the globe. We have the opportunity to work with some of these different leagues to kind of help them grow in various ways. And, you know, we are seeing that through different sports. And I think you make a great uh, observation with cricket and what they've been able to do. I would argue the same with rugby and how rugby's changed their game over the course of the last 10, 12 years and right. brought that to the, to the states. And we're seeing that in a number of other sports as well. This goes back to the technology piece of What's happening next in, in the space for us to really create bite-sized data, to understand this through technology, to you know have these elevated experiences where we can see things up close and, and really understand who the athletes are and really kind of get under the helmet, if you will. And, and, and obviously from a content side and, and really where the media dollars are moving, it, it allows for all this opportunity in, in the case of the new sports that are coming of age and, and I start to think of things like of course pickleball and what it's been able to do over the last couple of years and now you have padel which is entering this global market you have flag football which is kind of growing in in, in unique different ways you know all types of different sports that people see as what was formerly aspirational in a way that we're seeing sports now that more people can be adaptive to and understand and get closer and and have those experiences alongside their athletes and be part of that It's, it's fun being in the middle of it and really understand how we can connect the dots to being part of those and then How does that make us feel closer to those sports, whether we are participating in them or ultimately we're just along for the ride?
1: Got it, got it. Well, speaking about participating, I'd love to hear a couple of stories for companies that with Cerro Capital that you invested in that you're coming along for the ride and helping to turbocharge that ride. So it doesn't have to necessarily be in in golf, but yeah, in the the sports space. Give us a couple of examples of, uh, of companies that are doing some exciting things that you're really proud of.
0: Yeah, I think first and foremost, a company called Religion of Sports was uh, an investment that was made over the course of the last 12 months, and Religion of Sports is, is co-founded by Michael Strahan and Tom Brady, two legends in the, in the space. And And really what they've set out to do is create this uh, platform of storytelling that allows for athletes to create these messages that are going to market. And we've seen that through Tom Brady's, you know, documentaries that he's put out. We're now seeing that through McGregor and and ultimately from what he's been able to showcase. Indigenous sports is the avenue for athletes to create stories through video and documentaries and through original content and through production that they are able to the platform and, and work with the distributors on to get out to market. It's, we're excited about where they're going. There's a there's a whole new chapter ahead of how they're actually taking this business and, and looking to grow it in new and innovative ways and having the key performers and, and the key folks behind the, the director seat and also in front of it, you know, allows for this kind of freedom to fully understand what some of these folks go through and some of the hardships that they go through in, in getting to those moments. So that's has a tremendous amount of value as original content and production is something that fans are excited about, viewers are excited about and, and ultimately want to be a part of the ride. The other example I think makes sense is, is the X Games. So we co invested into the X Games, a several decade of business from from Disney and ESPN one that, you know, I grew up on and Love watching Travis Pastrana and Tony Hawk kind of, yeah, kind of yeah. go and, and be those innovators and, you know, that we're so out there. And now taking those businesses and the ability to put yourself beside that and look at it through a different lens where we really take the X Games and look at it from a digital standpoint and create bite-sized media and create the opportunity for us to experience those moments in, in new ways, in different ways. You know, leveraging technology, we feel is going to be something that's going to be powerful as well. We're looking for those type of opportunities. You know, we see this again, trying to drive media, trying to drive eyeballs, trying to understand it from an IP perspective of what that ownership model looks like within there, what they use to launch these events into new and impactful ways. And, and again, there's lots of opportunity as we look at it from a content standpoint.
1: Love this. Love this. We are now going to take a short break to tell you about something new from the Mod Golf Podcast. I'm excited to announce the launch of the Mod Golf Pro Shop, where you, as part of our Mod Golf community, receive exclusive discounts on curated golf products that I love and support. We are partnering with DeWiz, Deuce, Kinona, to Basics Golf, Project 72 Golf, and Odin Golf to provide a curated selection of golf essentials to help you play better and look great while you're doing it. Use promo code MODGOLF for between 10 and 20% off your purchases to receive the best exclusive pricing that our partners offer. Go to www.modgolfpodcast.com to check out the golf gear that our fabulous brand partners are ready to deliver to your doorstep. That's the ModGolf Pro Shop at www.modgolfpodcast.com. Getting back to golf, what you talked about earlier, what you were doing with developing technology to then capture POV footage, or just different experiences for that fan engagement. And it sounds like you're doing that very early on in the game and the technology and the ability has progressed so much since then. What do you see as the possibilities with even what Rory and Tiger are doing with Tomorrow Sports and what they're creating with their, I guess their Monday night golf league, which is really technology infused and gamified. You must look at a lot of the things that you've done in the past and go, well, we were already doing that, but now you can apply it to this. So, in that realm, what what do you see as the opportunities, and what gets you excited about those type of ventures that are coming to market now? Yeah, it's a great question,
0: and, and, and one that we we look at and have looked at, and, and will continue to do so as, as we look at land based and location based entertainment as, as an opportunity. And the TGL and what Mike McCarley's built over there, and a super executive from the golf world of several decades, is really onto something. You look at the investor network that he's been able to put together in and around that platform is is exceptional. I mean, you take Arguably the top 20 athletes around the globe that are all become investors into this business, you're highlighting an ability to still play the sport at an elite level, but doing so digitally and to the degree that you can now compete with folks in real time around the globe on on devices that are next level. And that's just the start of the next layer of all of this. we're excited to see how that comes to market and, and ultimately progresses. I think just back to the, the PGA conversation, obviously them as a supporter behind this, I think is going to be something that's going to be you know, really unique to see how that continues to evolve with the new opportunity behind them. But from that standpoint, Topgolf and the way that they were able to go to market a number of years ago and then start to expand across the U.S. has been a fun case study to really follow and understand. And as they've now become part of larger brands like Callaway and others, it's interesting to see how that function becomes something that, that other brands are starting to follow. We're in a unique period of time where each given sport, to some degree, has their own retail-based concept in and around it. It's as far as baseball and basketball, and now into obviously the pickleball concepts that that are coming and and are already there to a number of different degrees, where you had the entertainment piece, you had the food and beverage, you had the other games kind of in and around at the contest. And and I think now is is a very interesting time for all the real estate based entertainment that continues to come out. We see this as as a huge opportunity as, as we start to press forward.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. So, your involvement across the complete sports spectrum, I want to ask you this golf what are they doing well where are the laggards in so compared to other sports let's say the metrics the innovation technology space whether it's in fan engagement training getting people involved in the game whatever that could be the full spectrum of a sport where do you see that golf has some opportunities that haven't quite harnessed yet and can learn from other sports
0: Covid was was the best opportunity for golf. If you if you take, right. it, take a look at it in the numbers, the impact of the game and the growth of the game via Covid is, is one of those kind of asterisk bright marks. I think if we could look back in 20 years from now and say, hey, this was a nice moment for the sport because people got out and played and want to be a part of it. And they were able to find a number of new players and courses that actually came back online and said, we can do this again and created this new movement that golf is something that everybody can play. And I think there's an inclusiveness to golf that hasn't always been there. And I think that's just something that's happened over time. But I think through all this, now we have the ability to invite anyone to play golf, and it's an opportunity for everyone to join the game. And it, that is something that will continue to be the crowning jewel of how do we allow for more people to, to come and experience it, you know, the same way that you can pick up a basketball and, and shoot it through a hoop. And there are a number of brands, a number of people that are out there specifically that are trying to make this happen. You look at the PGA and they've been able to do USGA and what they're trying to do as well. And it's just, it's created a tremendous movement for the sport on a grassroots level which is phenomenal and just by having that access is, is step one i think step two is when we start to look at the fans themselves and what it is that they can be a part of and we've seen this through a number of unique technologies that are out there one of which is are some good friends of mine they actually launched this company called quintar in the last couple of years basically taking an ar solution allows for you to be on site at an event see firsthand experience what's happening via the track man data that you're getting all the overlay data of actually shots if you want to just place your phone in the air you can see where the ball's going if you're sitting next to one of the players and, and all the different stats that are coming with that and, and have those experiences and data data is a mile marker of where we're headed is what's helping all of this transpire and like every other sport you Betting is becoming something that's more impactful into it. And so that the allowance for that to happen through data, the ability for this to happen with instant replay and highlights they're all pushing themselves into this is phenomenal. There's a company called WSC Sports that's been around that allows for you to see every single shot of a player and they could break it down with, show me all 72 shots that happened over the course of 25 seconds that the player took four and a half hours to do. And all that stuff's possible. And so how are we all taking this and then moving that to understanding it? And then, so the player themselves can come off the course and understand what I missed, how I missed it, how I can get better, not only from the shots that happened, but ultimately using technology and and the ability for them to leverage their body so that they can get stronger and better and faster in a shorter period of time. We're looking at those type of products at the same point. So it's for them to get their muscles back to a state that's good to go again and go longer and go stronger. And so, you know, all these different pieces come together to really create this utopian environment of technology and sports that allows for us to uh, stay on the cutting edge. So I think golf has done a pretty good job of that over over the last five, six, seven years. But I think now, even through some of the stuff we're talking about, that it's only going to become more of a faster-paced environment
1: for them. Yeah. Yeah. I find it interesting, even though the kind of the infographics taking all this data that is now on every single shot. And my take on it is that with the PGA tour and for live tournament coverage, some of it is overwhelming and some of it is kind of gimmicky. They haven't quite nailed that yet. Whereas I look at major league baseball and tennis, after whether they play a set or an inning or a whole game as far as the pitches or launch angles or where the balls have gone out for home runs you can compare that in my mind they do a much better job of transposing the graphics of that information to something that is relatable and engaging and I think golf has a little ways to go so where where do you see other sports or your involvement there as far as where it is now and perhaps looking in the future pull out your crystal ball of where you think whether it's a layer of augmented reality, as you've touched on, or mixed reality, where that can be in another two, three, five, ten 10 years time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's funny, I'll, I'll even admit this, that even though there's all these technologies and we're getting better and now we're creating robots that can effectively act as humans and talk like humans... Nothing ever replicates the experience of being there and being yeah. part of something. And I think that that's always going to be important and that we always go back to understanding that this is the best part is, is seeing this live and being part of this. Now, all these other pieces not only help that aspect if we're not there, but if how are we preparing ourselves as an athlete together? How are we getting to those points? I think you're right. There's a number of different sports that, that have found the ability to do that. The NFL has done a, a heck of a job and everything that they do to make it into a game that's, that's easily broadcast and, and creates a tremendous amount of value and data that's happening. And you're able to see that and process that easily and navigate that without too much bulkiness. Of course, golf is played on the widest field and the largest field that exists in all of sports. You know, right. You're looking at 10 square miles it's in some cases that you have to cover. You talk to the broadcasters and that's the hardest thing. What they've been able to do that's decent over the last couple of years is the, the addition of drone cameras and the ability to put them into the field of play and kind of be able to get some, some various shots and angles from that side of things. I think with golf, we'll start to see some uniqueness and really understanding the granularity of the greens and understanding some of the different movements that we see on the course that sometimes we forget. And I think one of the things that to me always sticks out and Having been fortunate enough to have been to Augusta a couple of times is you get to a course like that and you just see the undulations that are happening and the ups and the downs and the bends and the turns that the TV necessarily doesn't do as much justice as it could. And so by having that firsthand experience, seeing that is, is always going to be the most powerful. But how do we leverage technology so we can actually improve that and, and understand that a little bit more?
1: I wanted to ask you this as far as gender inclusion and, and equity. What I've read and what I've seen the last couple of years, the biggest growth area in professional sports and amateur sports, but professional sports and the value of the assets too is in women's professional sports and women's leagues. What are your thoughts on that? Are you making any investments in any ventures that are focusing on women's sports or that have female founders and women-led companies? all sports, whether it's professional soccer and and some of the other sports that are really getting some traction, but also the LPGA Tour and the value of that and the growth there. So yeah, I'd just like to get your thoughts on the business opportunity and the growth in uh, women's professional sports.
0: 100% and we're able to see that through the media numbers and through the impressions and ultimately just through the performance of, of women's sports that we've seen over the last couple of years. 100%, One hundred percent. We are stand behind several women founders through you know some of the investments we've made at various levels, and really see that those companies are, are continuing to overperform and, and overindex, and have just a, a great relationship with a lot of these women who are who are out there. Really transitioning sports in a whole new wave and a whole new movement and are excited about that. And I think we see that too on collegiate level. And, and a lot of this was, was really showcased again this past year in the NCAA Women's Championship for basketball, That the movement that happened and you know, following these athletes and, and really understanding them more and and really their stories and and background. And I think it's just been a phenomenal showcase. And NIL allows for that to continue to be something that will help encourage women's sports and and the popularity of it as as it continues to grow. And it's just been a phenomenal time for that. We've seen that too, again, you know, looking at teams and looking at the opportunities to, to invest in and around teams and leagues and the ability now to go in and to buy a women's soccer team is crazy. It is, I mean, an MLS men's team. When it first started, it was about a 5 to $10 million expansion as women's was a couple hundred thousand dollars. And yeah. This was, this was literally a decade ago. You fast forward to now and the new Bay Area women's uh, NWSL team that effectively went live over the course of the last two, three weeks was a $55 million purchase price, which is incredible and just shows you the value of the game and really where it's headed. And I'm super excited about it. And I think it just adds a whole new element and something that's different. Just the excitement behind it is really growing the game. And another example there you have to talk about is is Rosa Zhang and what she's going to be able to do to (laughs) men's golf. And obviously coming out and and winning the title on her first time out is something that hasn't happened in 65, 70 years or something. And it's just it's amazing story. And we'll continue to see the growth of the game on the women's side just as important as, as what we're seeing on the men's.
1: Yeah. And I know with golf, the fact physically, as you touched on, we've got 160 or 170 acres as our playing field and just the logistics of everything getting around the course with the fans covering it and the players to have men and women play at the same time like you have at the majors in tennis. Logistically, doesn't really work. I think it was a few years ago where I think it was at Pinehurst where the men played one week and then a week later, the women played afterwards. But do you see more opportunities? I know the PJ Tour... And the LPGA Tour have dipped their toe in this with at least one event where men and women are playing together even as teams. Do you think in the future we should have more of that, this integration? Because people want that. I think they love that in tennis, especially in other sports also.
0: No, you're right. And here in the U.S., it's something that we need to continue to, to try to find a better path to work together on and, and create those moments. Because I agree with you. I think it's something that would be very powerful. We're seeing some of that even on the European tour, and we have seen it. In fact, I know this week even Sweden, there's two different visions effectively playing together yet have different leaderboards. but yeah, I mean, put them together. Let's see who wins, because I think there's an opportunity there for there to be some excitement. And, and it's been something that's been in conversation. And it's been nice to see, you know, some of the players you know, join alongside. And you know, Lexi was playing last year in two-team challenge. And But ultimately, yeah, it'd be great to see in golf specifically. And, and I think that's the best thing about golf is anybody can play with anybody with a handicap system, with different tees. It evens it out to a certain degree. Just it allows for for anyone to really enjoy the game. And I think that would be a cool opportunity to move forward.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I really do too. So, hey, to to finish up here, I just want to ask you again about the future. I know there's going to be really a tough one, but let's say in another 10 years from now, What excites you? What technology or what trend or even what concept in overall in sport do you see as a real opportunity that we will embrace? We're not quite there yet and will be a real opportunity for fans and for leagues and as an asset to really benefit from as we progress here.
0: We're in the investment world and not a lot of people are invested in anything if if AI is not involved in in somewhere or manner at this point. And I think that leveraging AI in, in various capacities, leveraging Web3 into you know where we're going and creating these blockchain experiences that I think is still a little bit ahead of its time that will allow for us to have you know, seamless interactions on site. The ability for us to, to leverage facial recognition, to gain access and to be at events and to have the ability to buy and purchase, whether concessions sessions or, or, or memorabilia at the stadiums and, and have those options, I think are something that's, that's really close and getting better and see that in a number of different ways around us. And then using AI to, to better understand these experiences and handcraft deliver those to us is really where the where the future is looking in all of this. And again, I think the cool thing about technology and sports is sports is the first mover in a lot of things. And that's because it's access, it's ability, it's the domino effect of having one league, one team try something, and then ultimately the others want to fall in line. And then taking those same technologies and the ability to then leverage those into other into industries as well. So that's the uniqueness of sports and why we've seen such a, a target on it for the last number of years of how do we get involved? And from an ownership perspective, it's how are we bettering these teams and improving them to make them better? We've seen that in the Ryan Reynolds example, and you know, yeah. how do we actually put money into something, but, but smartly into allowing athletes to train better and to train smarter, and to understand you know, their performance to, to a number of different degrees and then ultimately cater to the fans that they feel accepted and heard, all those types of things are are coming better. So yeah, in the next five, 10 years, I think your fan bases are going to continue to get even more loyal to one another. The opportunity to be at these games and these events It's going to be phenomenal, but even more connected away from them. And again, that's kind of the golden goal here behind the data and and understanding that is. You know, I want to make sure that I'm fully aware of when something happens with my favorite player or favorite team. How can I be a part of those moments? And how can I see this and remember that that I was part of that and and leverage that in some way or form or fashion? Have that ownership that that's a piece that uh, that I can stick with me forever. And so, all these little things that really drive engagement is super powerful, and we're going to be able to see that even more and more clearly over the course of the next couple of years
1: yeah i love that response and no matter what changes and progresses with technology and even trends the pure and simple thing about sport it is about storytelling which you reinforce with what tom brady and michael strahan are doing there with their venture with you i know it's a cliche that they say it but Live sports is the last unwritten story and uh, unscripted story and that's the beauty of it because you just never know any given Sunday, right? You never know what's going to happen and that will never change. A hundred years from now, after you and I are long gone, it will still be in place. It's all about the next story that needs to be told and we'll just have technology and engagement just heightening how that story is uh, broadcast out and enjoyed. That's right.
0: Well, hopefully there's some technology that keeps us around a little bit longer than 100 years before we even get to that point so we can we can see it. I think that's all coming too, but uh, <laughs> hopefully in our lifetime.
1: There we go. Well, hey, if we can stick around that long, maybe my my golf game can improve enough that I can close that gap of 14 strokes between us. Maybe there's still a hope for me if I live another 100 years. You never know. Colin, we can make that happen anytime. We can make that happen. <laughs> okay, that sounds great, Preston. Hey, you know what? This has been really enlightening. Always love the insights from people like yourself and others that are not necessarily deeply in the golf industry, but are golf adjacent, so we're able to kind of pick all the great insights you have from all the other sports that you're involved with. And you've nailed that. You've done uh, you've done a great job for uh, me and uh, and our listeners here today. So I want to thank you for that, Preston. So with that, thanks so much for being a guest today on the Mod Golf Podcast. I really enjoyed this conversation.
0: Colin, thank you. It's been a pleasure.
1: So that's a wrap for this episode of the Mod Golf Podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation about entrepreneurship in the golf industry, you can find more compelling episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen in. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on our homepage to hear about upcoming episodes and to enter our latest golf product giveaway. I'm your host, Colin Weston. Thanks very much for joining me. Bye for now.